0: Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy God, we love you and thank you and praise you. We ask that you would bless this program, anoint us for the work of this time that we have on the air. Anoint those who listen, Lord, that they would receive exactly what you intend them to receive through this program. Lord, may they be blessed, each and all who listen when it's broadcast on the radio or who are listening on the podcast. Whenever you're listening, I pray that you would sense it as a living moment of contact with God, living moment of contact with the living Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you do. Thank you, Lord, for uh, reaching out to us in communion and communication. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Carrie, this is the first program since my birthday. So I want to, first of all, thank you for the special gifts and graces that, well, graces. You didn't give me graces. The special gifts that uh, happened over the course of my birthday celebration. I was uh, so blessed to have Mary Grace come into town driving up from Oregon to be with us, it's, it's amazing, they, they, small group experts will say, or small group dynamics folks will say, when you take away a person or add a person, you go back to the beginning. And adding Mary Grace back into the mix, our oldest child, was a real blessing. It, it showed us, well, it showed us the difference that one person makes, I think, in, in family life. Do, do you agree?
1: Absolutely. That's all I have to say. That's all you have to That's say. I- <laughs>
0: well, I found it so endearing the way that she uh, was engaging in a, in a very special way with her youngest sisters, 13, 12, and 10. And um, it, what she was bringing to them, what she was, uh, coming, uh, what was uh, coming forth out of them, they were so excited to be with their oldest sister, uh, it was beautiful.
1: It was very rich.
0: Yeah. And, and the funny thing was, was that my, you were asking and she was asking and the kids were asking, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? That's
1: as far as it got. You just asked.
0: <laughs> and it's, uh, it's funny because when I think about the, what, my answer was two things. I value words of affirmation among my love languages. I really don't care that much about gifts acts of service don't really care much about. It's, uh, I guess it would be quality time. If, if quality time means doing things together that allow for, I'm going to use a theological concept, the communion of persons to happen. Things that will allow our family just to be together as a family and enjoy each other. That's what I wanted most because you kept saying to me, not kept saying, you said to me a few times, what do you want to do on your birthday? What do you want to do today? Are you having a good day? And I said, I I just want to be able to enjoy my kids enjoying each other and find that context, whatever that can be. And we found a game. You put some time and effort in to find a game to be able to have that happen.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of games out there that are like escape rooms, but it's a board game. Or you can do a, there's called Unlock It. And then there's another whole game series.
0: So Carrie, I I think a lot of folks know what an escape room is. But do you want to quickly like, give a description? I will if you want. I've never actually been to one. I think Mary Catherine might have been the only one of our kids that has actually ever done an escape room. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. So an escape room is, it's a business, right? They have these businesses and you go there and they, I think they have a few different ones, but you basically get put into a physical room with several other people and you, you have a period of time. I think it's a half an hour where you have to solve a variety of puzzles and following clues to be able to get out of the room in time before the, the, the clock ends. And there's someone moderating it, watching you, and they'll give you hints along the way. So if you get frustrated and blocked, you're not sure what to do. And, you know, so the tension is mounting as the, t- as the clock moves on and trying to figure it out is a big, like, come on, let's go. And so there's a, a lot of enthusiasm. It's like a very, very active thing because um, you all want to escape in time. And, um, and so that, doing something like that uh, is something that I think a number of folks have probably done this is different this was an escape room concept, but in a board game version and uh, it, it's interesting to be able to sell a game like that because you use it once and then it's done one and done um, but it was really worth it. It was really worth it it was like better than going out to dinner, which is also a kind of one and done thing um, so Carrie, what do you want to say about these uh this? escape room board game concept.
1: Uh, There's a lot to say about them. I think if you really want to look into it, you can join a Facebook group on Facebook. (laughs) It's like uh, escape rooms. Um, There's many that you can uh, go look through and figure out which one to buy. I think it's a little bit overwhelming with all the options, but I'm just thinking for a Christmas present or uh, an activity as a family. It's a, an inexpensive way to uh, accomplish something together because you're all on the same team. Not necessarily have to be, but we did it that way. And then there's this whole sense of trying to solve riddles and puzzles and uh, different math equations, and letter equations. Um, but, yeah, I, I was surprised at how much enjoyment you all had from it. I sat back and served pumpkin pie. <laughs> I don't think, like, personally, I love figuring out brain teasers the way you all do. I enjoy putting together and strategizing around the event. So I really get a great fulfillment or joy in just watching everyone enjoy it and putting something together for that to happen. And, I mean, do you know, did you notice I really wasn't solving the problems?
0: I noticed you weren't very good at it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah different <laughs> here. gifts here. <dear>. different gifts <laughs> Well, this is it. I could be good at it if I needed to be. but nice. I was just measuring my energy level and I was thinking, is this where I want to put my time and effort? And so I thought the kids did great doing it themselves, and you were leading the charge. Well, we
0: had six kiddos doing it right from our twenty three year old down to our ten year old and and currents can be pretty competitive, so we put a big emphasis on the fact that, look, we're going to read the clue. Everyone's going to get a, a way to be involved. And if you think you have the answer, don't say anything. We'd like you to, So everyone got a piece of paper and a pencil and they had a chance to like look at the clue, think about it. And they would write down an answer rather than, um, rather than just shouting it out loud saying, I got it. Here it is. Because we wanted all the kids who maybe process differently, or maybe if they're younger, it maybe would take them a little, um, take a little bit more guidance to find their way to the solution. I wanted it to be like, this is a family activity where we're all going to solve it together. And we all get a, uh, we all get to participate. We all have a part to play in reaching the goal. And it, it it really worked out that way. I don't think there was any one of the... There were 10 rooms we had to get through. the ten. And then the, in the 10th room itself, there was the ta-da, you made it, congratulations. And so it was 10 distinct puzzles. And there were different mechanisms and paths to reach the goal. It wasn't repetitive.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, there's, so there's an unlock, or it's called the unlock series that people love. And you can... Um, give them away after you play them. It's like the game we played, we're going to give it to somebody else because you can only play it once. There's also a whole series that are called um, Exit, but those you can't give away because I guess it's how you play or tear up or process the the clues. Um, there's also, I mean, these are all escape room type games. There's also a whole series where you actually um, problem solve, a puzzle within a puzzle within a puzzle. It's even a little bit different. And then there's this it initially started with wanting to do a murder mystery where we we all dress up because we were really into the Halloween you say costumes. We, but you mean we? We, we were all going to dress up and you have different voices and you take on different characters and it's a performance type gathering. I think for me that would be more enjoyable, but you wanted to do the puzzle one. Um, because I just enjoy seeing people perform and it's enjoyable to watch the kids be funny and humorous in their different characters. And even in this game, they were kind of trashing the whole storyline in a funny way, um, which was a game in and of itself. But what I realized after researching this game and looking online and going to different sites, we can be so distracted or fall into, I want to say, quote unquote, idols. Because I saw the passion and love that people had for these escape rooms, and we're talking about board games, but also people travel around the country and the world to find escape rooms to go to that are really good. Do they really? Yes, on this site. You have people that are really into their different hobbies or, or what would you call it, passions, crafts. And during the pandemic, this really arose as a a family or a a couple-type time activity to, to to spend together. The thing I love about it is you're not on your phones and it's conversational. The thing I also noticed, like I just said, it's just, I mean, pick a topic or an area. And I had no idea how on and on this whole, you know, genre of games is in around the world. It's in actually some of the best escape rooms and problem solving or strategy games come from Germany. Oh, I believe Europe. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading different things in German and translations. I, Like I said, I spent way too much time looking into it all, but I was really wanting to understand, okay, where are we going to invest? Um, it was it's just very interesting. I think, you know, as a family game, definitely go for it. But just be aware that uh, there's different levels and there's different... Um, enjoyment level, I, or I guess different qualities of games out there. There's some that you just buy at Walmart or Target or wherever, but then there's a whole companies that have the – what's it called, a startup, a kick-go, yeah, kickstart? Yeah.
0: There's, there's several, but that's one, Kickstarter.
1: So there's a several um, groups of guys and gals that just got together and started their own board games so through Kickstarter, so you can go online, and some of them use apps. Some of them you have to like actually call and get information or pull up an, um, yeah the, the phone. Uh, anyhow, like I said, Tom, these go on and on. Um, the one we did was super simple. We got it at Walmart, so it was easy peasy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I was just more aware of the fact that you can, we can choose to get so lost in certain areas of our mind and heart that distract us from... Well, it's it's a leisure thing. It's It was entertaining. It was for your birthday. But I don't know. I just am more and more reflecting on how easy I am pulled away from the the heart and the focus of what our life is to be about. And even now with all that's in front of us, it's just it's just interesting. Yeah. I'm in a very what's it called? Thoughtful. I'm thinking reflective. a lot. Reflective. I've been organizing stuff and going through books and getting ready for a trip. And um, I don't know, I just feel very reflective, especially as the holidays coming upon us in the Advent season and thinking about Christmas and then how do I want to do gifts differently? And is there a way to do it where there's this ache in me to have this experience for my kids, but is it really the best experience? And do I need to shift that and get away from the material things and do more experience? Well, we talked about this, how you know a lot of people are leaning towards experiences with their family, whether like a, a musical or a ballet or a movie night or a game night or something like that. But I think my real question is what in me wants to lavish and have this surprise excitement Christmas morning for my kids where they wake up and there's just... This is unforgettable Christmas morning. I don't know what in me. And I know... Is it a Hallmark movie? (laughs) Well, that's another thing in me. It's like what inside of me or what inside the human heart longs to see the Hallmark story played out, even though it's very simplified. Then what what inside the human heart wants... Christmas morning to be so magical and wonderful and wondrous and I'm not even talking Christ. I'm like doing the more secular version of it all. But there is something that we long for and hunger after and desire. And so I don't know why I should have I should have been thinking about this when I was in my thirties. What I could have told my thirty year old self. Um (laughs) anyhow, I guess that's just something that I'm pondering.
0: Yeah. Well, in in a certain sense, we are talking to a bunch of 30-year-old selves. There are a lot of folks listening out there, and I would say that when I think about how we've raised our kids and we're still hot and heavy in the middle of raising our kids, we still have five teenagers. I'll say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> you can but, say that for the next several I know, years. For, yeah, for a bunch of years <laughs> we'll still be able to say that. But it's that um, – it's to, I'm not sure you can overemphasize this reality of a communion of persons, especially because John Paul II, in accord with our tradition, all the way back to Christ in the scriptures, uh, emphasizes and shows how it's out of communion that mission flows. And that's what I want for my kids too. Back in a minute hey this is dr tom and the host of sound insight but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of washington and in idaho i've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy a path and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern washington and northern idaho if i could be of service to you in that i would love to please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. I'm with my wife, Carrie on this Faith and Family Edition. And so, Carrie, the last point I was making was a very profound point, and that is that we're created in the image of God, and the image of God is as a trinity of persons, that the Father is only most perfectly, completely, Uh, Father, because of the Son and the Spirit, and the Son, conversely, etc., etc. So, oh yeah. By the way, the greatest mystery of all creation, the greatest mystery of of all all being, is just an etc (laughs) etc But that's how we're made. We're made
1: philosophical humor, our theological humor, a little bit philosophical anthropology,
0: theological anthropology, made in the image of God. But we're we're made for relationships, and so when we're in those places where we sense we belong, where we're received, where we can give uh, without fear, because we're going to be accepted and found acceptable, where we can celebrate and have a confirmation of the giving that's happened, where there's a sense of mutuality and generosity. I love all of those words.
1: I do too. I like. So how do you do that gift? I want to make. I want to have that gift for Christmas.
0: So I think that. That is a, it's, it's not just a goal, it's a mode of being.
1: I want it's, that mode of being for Christmas.
0: Okay, so here's just a for instance, Carrie. <laughs> this is
1: my, my uh, wish list here. Yeah,
0: all right. So I would say this, that the mode of being that we use in our home, and we don't do it perfectly, right, is we do things that bring together and offer opportunities for kids to be united together. As a for instance, not only did we play that game, but we did the honoring. So in this case, we honored me. And so teaching kids how to affirm, we continue to get... Teach adults. uh, We continue to get the the need to teach adults, to teach your kids, because they're going to one day be
1: an adult, how to affirm. (laughs) What's so funny is our daughter, Mary Grace, is choosing her maid of honor based on how well she can give a toast. And she already knows who her maid of honor is, because she. I think language is really important to you both. Is just this quality of ex- communicating the the beauty that is there. I think that's what actually you're just really good at. When we went to an honoring ceremony, we went been to a few honoring ceremonies this week because of sports ending, and um, they do the end of the season banquet. And when you got up and affirmed one of the coaches, I I just it was very striking how um, clear and precise and true your words were about her and they weren't over overly emotive or um, it
0: wasn't about being intense it wasn't about being uh flattery you were just able to
1: yeah i was just so i think this is what i thought was really neat tom and this is a gift you have is you are able to see truth in someone and name it and that person therefore is known i thought how heartwarming it is to be known. Because I, there's never a part of me that doesn't feel known by you unless I want to keep it from you. <laughs> Just a few areas. <laughs> but um I think that, you know, some of, uh, we were talking about some of the Hallmark movies and the romance movies uh, in the car ride to church the other day. And I was saying how our favorite, my favorite romance movie is While You Were Sleeping. It's Sandra Bullock. She likes this guy. Then he hits his head. She pulls him off the train track, saves his life, but he loses his memory. And everyone thinks that they're engaged, but she doesn't know him, but ends up falling in love with the brother. But the part of it that was so endearing is she was alone by herself, not really known. And so you saw this great gap between what was possible and then the reality. And then as the movie goes forward, you see this closure of her becoming embraced and known and celebrated and, and part of that communion of persons, but um, anyhow, yeah, I think I'm wandering in my thoughts right now. <laughs> like I said, I'm very melancholy, or what is the word when you think and med- you're like questioning and wondering about great, the greatness of life or the bigness of life or the fundamental questions of life. I
0: was gonna say sanguine, but uh, maybe oh, I was it sanguine. I'll...
1: I don't know my. I don't know any of those temperaments. Um. Anyhow, I just throw out words. <laughs> I just wanted to say that in affirming someone, it's really about saying, I see you, I know you, I see your gifting, I see who you are, I see where you struggle, and it's hard, I see where you work hard, or you, you put in great effort, and it's even in, in our relationship with Christ, in our prayer with Him, in those moments where we encounter Jesus, or we encounter the Father, and He starts to name within me what I know true to be true, but I don't maybe haven't identified it or haven't been able to see it through his way of seeing me, but he will bring to me or to light something that he delights in me about or something that he makes him sad. And, um, that whole intimate conversation is being known.
0: Okay. You just said the word intimacy and that's connected to knowledge, right? So intimacy, one of the best definitions I've heard is self revelation with tenderness that's where we come out of hiding into the open we bring something out into uh, awareness we reveal something about ourselves that was hidden
1: now why with tenderness
0: with tenderness is that sense of saying it isn't forced it isn't harsh it isn't you don't feel that sense of um, like if you've ever felt like oh i shared too much okay there's like a forced disclosure or rush so that okay so that sense of it, if it's too intense, it's too strong. It's too. It's just too much. Versus, you no, know, what was disclosed was appropriate. But you know, that's, that's a,
1: actually a whole. You should you should write that down because that's a whole lesson. You teach kids how to. When kids get together, they want to be friends right away, and then sometimes they overshare, or they get clingy, or they um, want to be prove that they're likable, so they brag. I mean, there's all sorts of sorts of ways to start a friendship that goes in a funny, weird direction, and I think it's part of growing up too. But what you just said there was really profound. Because like I'm gonna go see my family. We're having a reunion. I haven't seen them for since the summer. And there's like, I don't know, twenty-five people coming into town. Um, not just my family, it's my mom's siblings and a bunch of my cousins. But you know, I'm gonna be there and I wanna like connect right away. I wanna be known right away. I want to just like, oh, I haven't seen you or and not just you my cut. I want that cousins. communion of persons. <laughs> yeah, it's not just my cousins, <laughs> my sisters and my my brothers and in-laws. And so there's a way in which you you want to ex- like they'll say how you're doing so then what do you share how much do you share and then you know i i feel like often i will overshare with people <laughs> they're just going to look at me I'm like okay never mind moving on <laughs> or i share things that are um uh, kind of a tease or uh what is it you know tom how i sometimes share and you just kind of laugh and go i
0: think it's um, i think you share strategically to upend another mode of sharing, that if people are sharing in a way that says, let me present myself in a certain shiny light and elevate who I am in your eyes by what I share, you come in and just sweep the legs out from underneath it and say, oh yeah, well, I'm going to share just the opposite. I'm going to share um, a sense of brokenness. and
1: I don't know why uh, I do that. I find such joy in saying I'm, I'm a wretched weak person and I struggle. I don't know why I find joy in it, but it just feels like, okay, don't expect too much of me because I'm a failure. I don't know. Maybe a part of it is that it's not that I don't have self-confidence. It's just, I don't like- I
0: don't know if part of it is that you feel like, no, you're not really like that. No one's really like that. And so if I'm going to try to correct you, let me correct you by sharing in a way that is way more vulnerable and bringing out weakness, and doing it in a way that says, I'm not afraid of that, and you probably shouldn't share the way you shared. Is that too strong?
1: Yeah, I don't mind if they share that way. I think I just enjoy letting them know it's okay if everything's not perfect, because we're we're messy. I think I learned that from my brother. I think I uh, admire him a lot, and when we do our family Bible study, he will share things that are really honest, like brutally honest, but not... Cringy, are not. Um, it's it's a beautiful sharing of the heart. He can name things in my heart yeah, that if I used I, a word to word
0: be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and I can't name stuff this the way he does. Um, anyhow, I know like we're going way off topic. here.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what our topic is. <laughs> no, but what you're what you're getting at, Carrie, is uh, I want my kids to have authentic and profound relationships. In their life vocation. So if they're called to be married, I want them to be formed, like, like to, to have carved out in them a fund of experience, of sharing and receiving sharing, of being able to be open and honest and to receive open and honest sharing. And if I can create an environment in our home where that is experienced then they can see the goodness of it, that it's it's not only good, but it's beautiful. And it's good and beautiful because it's true. And because it's true, good, and beautiful, it's actually going to foster a sense of union and unity in the community, in the family.
1: That's really good. I just don't know how easy that is to attain. I think it would take mom and dad both seeking that. I I know, I think we talked about this in the summer. It's like when we did small faith groups, I was telling you in college, we belonged to households and you met with like three or four other girls and you'd share once a week about how things were going. And there's accountability to, you know, your prayer life and your spirituality and how you're living, you know, ethically, ethically, morally. And um, I really enjoyed those groups. And I really thought, oh, this is a great way. And I think we tried it this summer a few times and it didn't go badly, but I just think we got off, like off focus and moved on to the next thing. But there is a way, Tom, in which one hungers for that level of being known. And you can sense that in a family culture, how well people are able to share and be received and just the quality of conversation.
0: Well, this is where I don't know if it's uh, if it's possible to overstate the importance of choosing a spouse well, that that process of discerning um, who is the one that I'm going to marry, um, because we should pr- expect that any anyone that comes into the lives of our kids and, and is saying, I want to marry you, has a brokenness. Has has their own wounds as well as gifts and, and blessings, right? But I want for my kids to be, um, if you will, set up for the the best sense of saying I can recognize the kind of traits and qualities that are going to um, have a good foundation, lead to a good foundation, and all of that. Guess what? Is connected to playing that escape game on. Last last Sunday, it was and having the kids affirm me as their father last Sunday. That was part and parcel of it, or last Saturday. Last Saturday, whenever we did it, um, and uh, it's funny because I had three of my kids that are out of the house affirm me um, either on the phone or through a text message or in a letter. They affirmed me by saying, "Dad." I did not appreciate all that uh, I received from you or from you and mom in our home. I didn't realize all of the blessings that that were just lavished upon me until I left the home and started to hear stories from my dear friends who started to disclose.
1: That's one of the most important parts of leaving home is that you become more familiar with, okay, who am I in my home now that I'm gone? It's really hard to explore that and understand that and, and see that there's a lot of different variations of family life when you're there in the midst of your own family.
0: Yeah. Well, and Carrie, a couple other just quick anecdotes around that. One is um, what we experienced twice in the last couple of weeks around uh, celebrations of sports teams at the Oaks, um, for our eighth grader, and for our junior and sophomore for ba- uh, soccer and volleyball, and the reflection of Mary Catherine as a uh, as a teacher, as a student teacher in a third grade public school class, and you talked to her about it. What was she saying?
1: Oh, I mean, she says the kids are really cute, and she's doing this like internship uh, as she's studying elementary education. But she was shocked at how mean they were to each other. She said, Mom, they're so mean. She said, I didn't know kids could be so mean. They're just so mean. And she was laughing almost aghast at the fact that... Third graders. Third graders are hurtful or teased. She did say, oh, I remember being like that or having elements of that when I was in third and fourth grade with some of her friends at St. Vincent. But she said, but it's nothing like these kids. And... I, you know, I don't think she's has been around public school kids or non-faith believing children for the most part. And then when you're in the classroom or in the, the playground or whatnot, you see just the hurt and pain and a lot of. And I'm not just saying public schools, private schools, whatever. I'm not trying to down the the public school setting. But she is in a very depressed area, and there's a lot of you know free reduced and all that. And I think it's Weirton, West Virginia. She's in. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: I just think about the uh, concept of what is the educational environment your kids are in.
1: Because oh, it's heartbreaking.
0: Well, yeah. And then you think about the gift that we've been given, um, and we pursued it, and we're trying to help develop it. But our kids are in an environment where they, in fact, are – and they are at this end-of-the-year party, and they're coaches who are parent volunteers – are speaking in ways that I've never heard a coach outside of the Oaks ever speak into the lives of kids. And how many sports banquets have we gone to? And to have these coaches name, call them out of the crowd, stand them there, speak into their life and express the godly love that they have for these kids and the godly desires they have for these kids to grow in godliness, right? Last night, it was being real men. Reject passivity, expect the higher reward, uh, uh, accept responsibility, and lead courageously. Like, the kids were just speaking that out with strength together. And I'm like, this is what they're learning by being on a team. And oh, yeah, by the way, they won the tournament. But more important was the quality of the relationships that happened in that environment. That was the huge blessing. All right, back in a minute. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran's Faith and Family uh, Friday, and I'm together with my wife, Carrie. If you're enjoying the program, please go to Apple Podcasts. We would love for you to listen to it there. If you can't listen on the radio, tell your friends about it. You can listen 24-7. You can access all of those programs and a whole bunch of free resources at mycatholicfaith.org. Also, I'm praying the rosary every day. Well, Monday to Friday so far. And then I... I I don't want to say try. I want to be accountable this weekend as well, but I don't know what time. But 6 a.m. If you're awake and alert, 6 a.m. Pacific time, I would love to pray with you live on Facebook and eventually onto YouTube too. So you we're... had a lot
1: of comments on your – I snuck on there. Oh, you did? Yes.
0: You were You were there I was praying. there. I was like
1: – Bring me some more coffee. Can you come make coffee oh, at 6 a.m.? <laughs> you're so funny. You, you didn't say... I you wish you I had identified yourself. People now. would have loved you. I just don't want... It's like your thing. I don't want to ruin it. It's God's thing. I'm just it's God's I'm thing. just being okay. swept up in it. I feel like we're... We have enough things. I said this to you the other day. Or maybe it was this morning. I said, can we just stop with all this ministry? <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my way. And I know I don't mean that because, of course... I feel called to do certain things, but I don't want to say no to anything. And I, I don't know, Tom, it's just like right now we're start. well, you're doing this new studio, which is exciting. And we're wanting to interview people that have, uh, made Benedict option a real reality in their life. And I would love, we'd love for them to tell their story because some of these couples are so holy and so inspiring I mean, just really inspiring to me. Um, and then I feel such camaraderie or closeness with them because we sh- share such a beautiful journey of being refugees. And um, I don't know. So anyhow, that's a new thing that you, you, we, we, you, <laughs> we want to do. <laughs> but I just have not jumped with two feet in. I just hold back. I think the Lord, I'm going to get to heaven. The Lord's going to know just how many just times what I you held back. were waiting I was running the marathon. I didn't want to... Let go too quickly, or jump out in the race too quickly, or too strongly.
0: It's that's a hard thing. I think that it's a very common thing, right? It's still the case that if you asked most people, "How are you doing?" the most common answer, the one word most common answer is
1: inflation. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Busy. I'm busy. I try not to say that. I know. I I always I when I still catch myself, I say, "Hold on, I'm I'm not busy. So blessed. I'm I'm blessed." And if I'm a bit overwhelmed by the things I'm doing, I need to be better prioritized. I have no excuses about not accomplishing a certain thing. I, I say I'm not going to rationalize why I didn't do something. If I'm committed to do it, I'll do it. And if I didn't do it, then am I really committed? Okay, so the, that idea of the Benedict Option lived. Yes, we did our first one, Carrie, and we're going to do another one next week. We have an interview scheduled.
1: Well, we did it twice. Yes, and now we might have to do it a third time.
0: So we're. Uh, let's Can you not just talk be honest? Let's, oh, be, yeah. let's be humble,
1: <laughs> Carrie. I want to be humble
0: and I want to be vulnerable, but I don't want to be that vulnerable and humble. Well,
1: if Here's... you're looking for a tech person, maybe it's good to like put it out there. Can someone help with
0: <laughs> anybody in the Spokane-Corridor area that is really good at setting up studios? Oh. Now, by studios, do you think I mean audio, video, lighting, or the set itself?
1: Makeup or hair. the
0: actual. <laughs> Way Everything. of communicating this live on the internet through Everything. multicasting. Yeah, all of the above. I've got all the equipment. I've got the space. I've got the willingness. Uh, but I always had a team. And now I'm a team of one. And trying to figure all of it out, I stumble into a pothole after pothole, which is unfortunate. And so things end up being not perfect. But it's, uh, it's an underway thing. And I would rather do it imperfectly than not do it.
1: I like that about you because I'd rather do it perfectly than do it.
0: Carrie, the screensaver just came on, this computer screen. <laughs> and do you know what kind of animal it is?
1: A cheetah.
0: It's a sloth. Oh,
1: <laughs> it's the opposite. It
0: is a sloth right there, Carrie. You got to take a look at that Wait, beautiful picture. What
1: is that message to you? I don't
0: know, dear. I don't know. It's a, That's the screen on your side of is the that table. the law? It's a sloth. It's so funny how God speaks to me. Sure, it won't win any speed contests, but everything about this creature is superbly aligned, adopted, adapted. There you go. Huh. So, um, so you've been adapted, Carrie, for whatever it is God has for you. So talking about that concept of strategy, a lot of families in this whole concept of a Benedict Option lived, had a vision in mind for their family, associated that with specific goals. Like we want to achieve our vision if these specific goals are achieved, meaning if they have certain educational, uh, moral formation, other character formation elements, uh, relational things that are part of their lives, all of that, right? Those are goals that are associated with uh, the vision that we have for our families, that hopefully is God's vision for our families, and ultimately that's heaven. And that means one of the most important goals, the most important goal, is that our kids have a vibrant faith in Jesus Christ, and they live that faith, uh, heroically even. But then we need to relate that vision to the current reality and the challenges that are coming against our current reality, and we have to know what we're facing And if we know clearly what we're facing and we can see clearly where we want to be, well, then what also shows up? The need to go from here to there. The need to actually walk a path from where we're at to where we want to be. And that's what a strategy is. A strategy is very simply discovering the right path to take us from where we are with all of the good, the bad, and the ugly, to where it is, we must go.
1: We must beat the Knicks. Now, why is strategy so enticing to talk about when it comes to sports? Because literally, I'm just going to call you out here. If I needed you, to, if I wanted time with you, all I'd have to say is, so what did you think about that game yesterday? And I, I would have a good hour and a half conversation. <laughs> or, or in the morning when I'm trying to get up to go somewhere or do something, or you, if we talk about any kind of sport comment, we're like stuck for a half hour. And I was like, okay, I got to go, Tom. Wait, like, never mind. I'll cut you off because of I don't know what it is, but there's such an enjoyment and almost an, it falls into being idle about talking sports. And I know it's not just us. I was asking one of the gals, the uh, high school girls over the other day, and I said, "Does your family talk about volleyball like a little bit, a, a lot, or just over the top? She goes, oh, morning, noon, and night during – volleyball season, that's all my parents. And I thought they do. I was like, oh, I thought Tom and I were the only, I don't know. But then I remember going to um, Christendom in Manassas, Virginia and visiting my college roommate's family and very big basketball town. And I was around a couple of guys and big families and watching and hearing them talk about basketball and the sports. I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of like my family after we would play a co-ed game of soccer. We would do these uh, leagues back in Seattle. And I me and my brothers, and sometimes my sister Martha, we're on a team with a, you know, just a bunch of friends. And after the game, just you know, a good hour of rehashing the, the plays and the the moves and the other team and how annoying this person was or how amazing that person was. And so there, you know, when I was doing that with my family, just our friends, it just seemed, oh, okay, you just do this. But then I saw it more in the athletic department at Franciscan. The guys would just spend hours talking about the roughing the football game or the volleyball game or whatever it was, we just got done roughing. But it was typically the guys, the girls did not participate much at all, except for our athletic director, Kelly did. But she had that, she had a bunch of brothers. Um, I don't know. So it's more in guys. And it's, definitely talking about strategy and it's something that really consumes and I'm not even talking about fantasy football and the NFL or you know how much sports is a part of our culture I'm just saying when you sit around and talk about how do you win how do you beat what's the what's the plan what's the court what's the field gonna look like how do you play this or that I don't know do you know what I'm saying
0: (laughs) I think that um, we were made right we were made to vision to, like to envision the ideal, to strategize how to get there, to make a plan, to begin to walk that path, and then to actually take action. I just and do think
1: it. we would do that about family life. Like yeah. it would be so exciting because we, I really enjoy talking sports. Do I enjoy that much talking finances? Like, let's get a plan first. I don't know. It's like drudgery and brings up all these pain points, or let's talk about Christmas and what we're, no, it's kind of. Maybe a little bit with prayer and spirituality or how are we going to get our house fixed, like things that need to be fixed. I mean, there's all sorts of areas in life where we can sit up, sit down and have a strategy and and make a plan. It just seems that sports is easier and more enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's that you get the immediate feedback of, did you win? Did you lose? Right. Versus what's your strategy for retirement? What's your ultimate strategy for your life? Those, you know, that's sort of the farming thing, right? It there's a season, and that whole season is a is a long one before you're going to see fruit. Versus, how was the first practice? What's going on? What are things looking like? Are you going to be ready? The thing is, it's just a
1: sport. It's like a ball and a net, or it seems so silly. How it just draws us in, and it's interesting. I so this, this is what I'll do. I'll take this whole concept and bring it to prayer, and I'll say, Lord. You put these questions in my heart and this, this understanding of this ache or this desire, and I'm made in your image. What does that tell me about me and who you've created me to be and what my call is here on this earth?
0: I like that. I'll be, we'll be interested to see what God reveals to you. We'll hear next week. All right, back in a minute with more of the program. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, I think that strategy is coming front and center for a lot of families right now that are listening because of inflation.
1: Oh, oh, can I just say this? Okay, you know how I am with (laughs) talking about finances. It is painful to go to the grocery store, not just, oh, this is work. This is effort to load food for, you know, a big family into the car and, and figure out the menu and all that. No, it's painful to look at all the goods and see how expensive Everything is. And it's almost shocking. Okay, I think a while back, six months ago or so, we did a whole thing on inflation and shrinkflation. And I mentioned romaine lettuce. Guess how much three heads or hearts of romaine lettuce are?
0: I, I, a dollar 90.
1: Seven ninety-eight. What? Eight dollars. <laughs> I was... I guess it's like, a, did someone like burn all the romaine lettuce fields or crops? Or I, I swear something must have happened. Are you serious? Seven ninety-eight. So this is what happened. I I'm like heck if I'm going to buy that. Me and everyone else. So everyone went to what what lettuce would you go to? Well, you're going to go to
0: either iceberg lettuce or cabbage.
1: I, <laughs> I don't think cabbage. Went to the iceberg lettuce. There were there was a sign limit one per customer. No. Yes, because no one wanted to spend eight so they went to the second option and there was like four little heads of ca- iceberg lettuce there they're all wilty <laughs> and tiny and like just nothing left in the store now this is just our little experience here in spokane valley i don't know what it is nationwide but um i still see shrinkflation. went to costco and we bought the i think it's 18 bottles of chocolate milk mm-hmm. and they were so tiny like i think they dropped three to four ounces, fluid ounces out of them. And But they kept the price the same. The price is the same, but they see some things they can't shrink. You can't change a gallon of milk. So there you can see or you can't change a dozen eggs or eight. You know, that's eggs.
0: a fifty percent increase in the cost per fluid ounce. If yeah, they dropped it's crazy. if they dropped the amount by one third and kept the price the same. That's a 50% increase. I know.
1: When they say it's 10%, 8, 15%, it, it's literally things have gone up 300%. I'm not joking. It's, I don't know where these numbers are, who's making them up, but I'm living day to day so going talk, to the grocery store. I was store. talking
0: to um, a pilot's wife yesterday, and they were talking about um, laying off pilots at these you know, big transportation it's companies. Beginning.
1: It's starting to happen. Well, Why? People can't afford to travel, which is a no, 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 no. This is which transportation, which is a luxury. So I thought, wait, well, hold, I said, well, hold why on, why would they do that? Because people
0: are ordering stuff online, and that stuff needs to be transported. So FedEx, like type, yeah, like a FedEx uh, company or UPS. Or... So
1: they're laying those pilots off. Why? Hold on, people can't buy stuff. Diesel. People I know are it's... not ordering. Oh, people aren't buying. It's stuff.
0: not just that they're not uh, going to stores and buying. And, you know, in the shutdown world, they're getting accustomed to finding the best deal online and getting free shipping. Even that isn't enough to push them across the starting line to buy something.
1: You know, I was buying stuff from London. It sounds so fancy. I was buying stuff from London, but I stuck about like three things in my cart. And I was like, I'm just going to wait a few days to see if they send me any kind of discount. And then today in the mail, 30% off everything you want to buy. So I went on the clearance. <laughs> this is the trick though, people. Clothes have not inflated. So don't go buy your 18th sweatshirt and your 20th pair of jeans or your fifth pair of pajamas because clothes have not gone up. So it feels good to go into Costco or wherever you shop and buy something for your family member because it's reasonably priced. It hasn't gone up. But do we really need 25 sweatshirts? (laughs) is <laughs> like, so don't be That's, tricked They call that blanket. thrifting,
0: right? Isn't thrifting one of the main activities is getting clothes?
1: Yeah, but th- see, the thing is, I think people are going to start just thinking, oh, I'll buy a sweatshirt because I can't afford anything else, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but, you know, then you're managing five basketfuls of lawn. I don't know. It just clothes are very cumbersome in my, my personal life with all my kids and you. Um, but I just noticed clothes have not gone up. Blankets have not gone up Everyone's going to get blankets for Christmas this year. (laughs) They're so inexpensive. But um, it's not so much product, like I'm thinking paper, glue, markers. I think it's food that has really just taken off. I don't really buy a lot of other stuff. I'm thinking like toilet paper or light bulbs or shampoo. I, I'm i not as attuned to those prices because I don't buy them as often. It's just the food is out of control and it's continuing to go up. That's the thing is, I think we said this three months ago and now we're back at it, but it's, the energy costs, the diesel is continuing to go up and now you have to pay all the trucking fees and prices to get stuff here, there, everywhere. Or even they said, if you're buying stuff online, the, the fees, they don't necessarily, they'll say free shipping, but the price is like $4 more. So you still get free shipping, but they incorporated that shipping price into your product. So the funny thing is, because I'm such a strategist, (laughs) I go to a store, take a picture of whatever the item is, because my phone doesn't work in the store. I don't have that kind of Wi-Fi. But whatever I'm looking to buy, I'll take the picture and see what the cost is at the store and then compare it to online. And I don't know, sometimes if I find a good deal, I'll just buy several. I'm I'm talking like shampoo or toiletries and that kind of thing. But you, can, you don't just go to a store and buy it thinking this is the best deal. You can shop. Everyone's smarter now with technology and phones. You can really find the best deal of the best deal. So, there's, so when you see salad dressing for $7.99 for a little bottom, like, what?
0: <laughs> well, and Carrie, I see downstream effects of this. Yeah, last night I was talking to parents of kids that are going to this classical school. So they're getting a very robust education. And yet... Their principal concern about college was cost. And one of their responses to that was trade school. I mean, this is like this was a serious question was should we send my should I send should we send our our boy to trade school rather than a four-year college? That's a striking change. And I think that that it is one of the big factors is. An honest, eyes open look at the world that's around us and do four more years of heavy debt associated education. Is that going to be a valuable thing versus get them a trade? They can always have a good job and um, they'll be, you know, uh, it'll be, it's a noble way to make a living.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say with that. I think if you have a great mind and you're very smart, make the investment into that person's brain and take them to the next level cuz i you know i there are a lot of schools out there that are compromised but at the same time i hear kids that are saying i'm learning so much i'm growing so much my brain is being expanded and challenged i'm loving this whole like level of going deeper into how to see as long as it's in a faith-based world or our formation but if some kids we have a lot of kids i some of them are just not made to to go and study and work
0: in corporate America.
1: Well, just not, they're not meant to go to college and take their brain to the next level and their thinking and their formation. That's just not where they're gifted. Mm -hmm. And you can still form the heart and the mind without going to college. But yeah, I don't know. There's, that's a really interesting thing, Tom.
0: Yeah. So I think that an example of the College of St. Joseph, the worker, that's opening up in, in Steubenville next fall.
1: But that already has like a 1,000 applications. Uh,
0: it's crazy, right? They're already, they're overwhelmed. So who with
1: wants the... to start a school here? I know. Who can know. start a school here?
0: Well, it's desperately needed. But the point that they have is that they're not only going to teach the kids the trades and give them a good theological degree. Part of their education in the trades is how to run a business. So you can take someone who has entrepreneurial, innovative thinking as part of their approach, put them into the trades, and they'll be so far ahead of someone who only brings a, let's say, a, a a competency or a capability of performing in that trade. Someone who knows how to build a business in that trade is
1: going to be far ahead. I know, but that's a certain gifting and personality. Yep. Some people are cu- happy- just tell me what to do. I don't want to work Carrie, too hard. I know. We, that's the strategic long. I just, thing. Some people just yep. want to be told what to do, and they don't want that yes. entrepreneur job, which I totally get. I'm like, yep. just tell me what to do. I don't want to think too much. i got to run a house.
0: <laughs> well, and, and well, no, what they want to do, they want to go to work, finish work, leave work at work, and, and be paid wrong. enough. And, and that's a very noble path, because it's in, the end, it's
1: easy. It's... in
0: the end, heaven is our home.
1: Yeah, you're and not going to live in a 5,000-square-foot you know, house, but... In heaven. In heaven, you'll have a heaven, chance.
0: you'll have a bigger <laughs> cup, right? You'll be filled to overflowing in, in the things that really matter. So, Carrie, as we're wrapping up the program today, I just think about uh, the importance of when you strategize as a family, focus on what is it that's going to foster a, a deeper union among your kids, playing games together, learning to affirm, very important skills. Second, if you're going to be focused on the concept of strategy, remember what strategy is all about. It's about helping you get from your current reality to your vision. So put those things into question. Do you have a healthy vision? Do you have clarity about where you're really at?
1: And I always want to add, you know, we haven't really talked about hangups and families, but If your kids are struggling, find adults to speak truth and love into them because that'll change their heart. That'll help them to bring love to the family. It's really hard for parents to help their kids change their action or the family dynamic if it's crumbling. You've really got to find outside people to come and love love on you. That's an
0: excellent point. That's a great point to end. And I think that's part of the reason why we have our kids in sports where we do is the coaches. All right, Carrie, we're at the end of our program. Thanks for walking with me through this program. God bless you all. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.